This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning, one and all. The sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, in studio here in Toronto. And on the phone line from uh, Prince Edward County, there she is over there, Charlie Dobby. Hi, Charlie. Hey, good morning, Frankie. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Uh, got a cloudy day going here in Toronto. How, uh, very gloomy how are things, here. Yeah, how are things there? I was going to say, it's very gloomy. It's, I said to Elliot, it's very dark today. And he said, yeah, I noticed your outside Christmas lights have come on. Because oh, they're photosensitive, right? It's oh, like, right. Oh, God, yeah. it is dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got a few minutes here. Uh, maybe I'd best, of course, give out the phone numbers here, okay? Yeah. For folks who want to call in and ask a question of you, Charlie Delvin. Okay. So call in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Keep in mind our little mantra, of course, call early, call often, one question per call. And, oh, if you happen to be a first-time caller, let our operator, Carlos, know that. He'll inform me, and before you get to the airwaves... That's what you're going to hear. You're going to get your garden wings. Okay. Good uh, job, Frankie. Yeah. We've got a few things we can kick around in this first segment while we're waiting for folks to call in. Sure. Uh, you had a note or two about orchids. Oh, yes. I wanted to tell you and our listeners, and hopefully Terry Kennedy is listening right now. She is an avid, crazy orchid collector, her and her husband. And uh, quite a few years ago, remember when we went to the orchid show at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It yep. was, it's a Valentine's weekend event. I bought an orchid from Terry and her husband. They have a company called Orchids in Our Tropics, Our Hobbies Gone Wild. And it's true. They, they actually had to move. They had to actually physically move their home because they, there was too many orchids. They couldn't fit in the house anymore. So they had to actually move to a bigger house with a greenhouse. And I bought a little orchid from them. It's called, it's an oncidium. So it's not the phalaenopsis that we see in all the stores for sale right now, which is commonly referred to as a moth orchid. Mm-hmm. And oncidium is a little bit different. It likes a little more sun and that sort of thing. But this particular one is called Sherry Baby. And then the um, cultivar is Sweet Fragrance. And I was told, oh, you know, it likes lots of sun and it's very, very fragrant. Well, I just want to tell you, it is blooming right now, and it is super fragrant. Oh, wow. It is like knock your socks off. It smells like chocolate. So it's a it's a lovely, lovely orchid to have blooming right now. And I just wanted to, you know, share that with everybody that you know we we can just go with the regular orchids that are available in all the grocery stores, or you know, get a little more interested in collecting. And there's some great, um, you know, local orchid growers like uh, Doug and Terry Kennedy. So. Orchidsinourtropics.com is their website. Wow, a couple and, and, being held hostage by their their orchids. Unbelievable. By their hobby. Well, they're not far from you either. They're just outside Uxbridge. Uh, you know, they're more close oh, yeah? to the new market. But yeah, they're up that way. 
Okay. Neighbors of mine, then. Yeah. Hey, there's also a new book out by Nikki Jabour uh, that you want to talk about and give a little plug to. Well, um, I don't know if you remember Nikki Jabour. Yes. She was in studio with us at least once, if not twice, because she would typically come to Toronto for Canada Blooms. Mm -hmm. She is a, a horticulturalist. She's a vegetable grower, has been for years and years. And she's originally from and still lives in Halifax. So imagine gardening in Halifax, the place where they get tropical storms and it seems like it's always snowing or raining or doing something in the way of inclement weather in uh, Nova Scotia. So Nikki is a very, very keen vegetable gardener and she's written a couple of books, but her latest one is just out and it's called Growing Undercover. And I know that it's, so it's techniques for a more productive, weather resistant, pest free garden. And I know um, some of our listeners and I know some of my students because this has come up struggled with cucumber beetles this year and cucumber wilt so that, you know, the, the plants would come up and the, everything would look good, but flowers, fruit would be forming, and then the whole plant would just collapse right before your very eyes. And even tomatoes, same thing, blight, just knocks them right out. Well, one of the things Nikki does is she uses covers. Now, it's not like necessarily fancy greenhouses. It's shade cloth, it's cold frames, row covers, just different techniques to protect plants from extreme weather and from extreme pests. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think if you have a, if you've got a gardener on your Christmas list, consider grabbing one of these books for them because I think uh, if for vegetable gardens, they're going to love gardeners. They would love this. Excellent. Okay, we've got to take a little break here and then yeah, come back. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, I just, yeah, I'm confused on our breaks. <laughs> oh yeah, well we were uh, delayed a little bit off the top okay. due to a technical difficulty, but uh, oh. we're back on track now. So All right, good stuff. we take a break here and uh, in another oh ten minutes, roughly. Uh, okay. We're going to be uh, conferencing in Joyce from Unionville in moments here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, I'm in studio here at the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto. You are at home, but mm-hmm. able to answer the questions. And let's uh, welcome in Joyce from Unionville. Hi, Joyce. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to speak with you both. I've listened to you for years, but this is the first time I've called. Oh, really? Well, wait a minute. There we are. Get Uh your garden wings. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I have a gardenia. I have finally, after three years, found a place in the house that I can overwinter it. It's about three years old. My challenge is it comes in in the fall covered in buds, which then drop off just as they look like they're about to open. You're not the only one to have that problem, trust me. <laughs> very, very common. It's um, gardenias, it's very hard to give the, the what gardenias want. I mean, they need a very high humidity. Uh, they want that tropical atmosphere, so high humidity, warm temperatures. And it's so hard to do that inside our homes in the fall. We, you know, our furnaces are coming on quite often, and the uh, humidity levels are just lower than any gardenia would like it. Mm-hmm. One thing I have tried with gardenias, and I can't say that I've ever had every bud open, but, you know, even if you can get a couple to open, it's pretty exciting because yeah. they smell amazing, is um, make a pebble tray. Have you ever tried just making, like, you know, a cookie sheet or, or some kind of large 
pan tray of some kind filled with gravel, mm-hmm. and then the gardenia sits on top of the gravel, yeah. but you keep water in that tray at all times. So you've got that constant um, evaporation of, of water happening around the plant, uh, and that can be a way to <clears throat> raise the humidity sometimes enough. And of course, misting it at least once a day, lots and lots of sun, because of course outside it was in lots of sun, I'm sure. Right. Um, the other thing is for that transition coming in, sometimes what I'll do is if a plant has been in a really sunny spot all summer, but I know I'm bringing it in the house, mm-hmm. I'll start moving it into the shade a couple of weeks before I bring it in. Right. Uh, so it's still outside, but I'm giving it less light and less water. And that way you kind of toughen the plant up a little bit before it comes in to make the transition. Because, of course, the light levels inside are not near what they are outside no. just due, due to our fancy windows, etc. Right. Well, it still seems to be producing tiny little buds. They just don't want to open once they mature. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, as far as I know, it's a, it's typically a humidity issue more than anything that's going to cause that problem. So if anything you can do to maintain high light, high humidity, you're going to increase your chances of um, it actually flowering indoors. But it is challenging and good for you for trying three years of I'm trying to get it to, to, to um, do its thing, give you some flowers, give you some beautiful fragrance. Living through the winter just to take it out in the summer will do, but I would like a flower. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. <clears throat> well, there yeah. we go. Hey, Joyce, uh, is that pretty well the answer what uh, you're looking for? Um, well, yes, I have not tried misting it um, because I thought I was overwatering it. So, ah. um, I, yeah, be careful it doesn't sit, it's not soggy. Right. It does want to be kept moist, but not soggy, so consistently damp. Okay, I will all right. try all of that. I'll let okay. you go next winter. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and uh, in advance of uh, Merry Christmas, uh, the very best to you and your family, Joyce. Thanks for joining us. Okay, uh, we yeah. have now on the line from Burlington, that's Susan. Hey, good morning, Susan. Good morning. Morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um I have a hibiscus tree. I've had it probably eight years, and I take it out in the summer, and I bring it in, and, and it it's done well all these years. And this year, I think I was a little too late. I actually sent a picture of it on Instagram to Charlie. I think I got the right account. Bottom line, it I, all the leaves are crispy and crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of dropping off like they normally do. But I do have a number of new green shoots mm-hmm. right at the bottom of the tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, I said in my picture, can this tree be saved? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't see that on Instagram. Sorry about that. I just sent it a few <clears throat> minutes ago. So, so um, a tree, like a real little, like it, a small tree? It's or about five feet mm. high. It started off as two balls. I lost that pruning battle, so now it's just <laughs> kind of one. And now uh, it's like the top part definitely looks dead. I don't know whether to prune it back and see if it will totally come back from the bottom or whether it's worth it at all. Well, for sure, if you've got green buds showing at the bottom of the plant, it is alive and it will come back from that point. But if it's, is it a, did you end up pruning it so it's a single stem, like a little tree trunk, and then 
bushy up on the top, or has it always had leaves right from the bottom? Um, it had one ball sort of a foot and a half up from the bottom, and then a gap, and then a ball on the top originally. And right. that's still sort of, there's growth at the top, and then mm-hmm. there's about a 10-inch gap, and then there's there are shoots More off growth. where the second little ball was. Mm-hmm. But you now I have mind. growth. These new growth is coming right at the bottom. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, when a plant does get frosted or, you know, say they'll just overnight when it's just a little too cold, it's always going to be the newest growing tips that are going to suffer first. Uh That's why we would always see the outer, you know, the newest growth would be the frosted growth. And of course, the the plant still is got energy and, and a certain amount of protection down under the soil at root level. So you've got that, you know, it wasn't so cold that the plant didn't die in this process. So what I would do is two things. You could start by just trimming off where all the new growth was. Just trim back like an inch to two inches. Every, even though it's, it doesn't look green or anything, just trim back sort of on, on every tip an inch to two inches and try and force out new growth up higher on the plant. Okay. If that doesn't work, and even when you're trimming, you'll see whether, and you'll be able to feel <clears throat> whether the, the little branches you're, you're cutting are dead or alive. So, of course, if they're alive, they're going to be a little bit flexible. Um, they won't, yeah, they won't be brittle at all. The um, If they're dead, they'll be brittle. When you cut and you look into the, the center of where you've cut what we call the pith of the stems, it should be like an ivory white color. And if it's not, if it's quite, if it's a dark color, almost brown, then again, you'll know it's dead. So you can keep cutting back till you feel like you've got to some live wood and at the end of the day you may end up having to go all the way down to where you're seeing that growth now but but for sure if you just want to you know shorten the whole process and say i give up and get out your loppers and just lop it right down to where that new growth has started and start again almost at ground level then that's that's an option as well wow because that the trunk down there is about an inch and a half to two inches around. That's what I said. Get out your pretty weird, but that's great. Thanks for that. So I could trim like these offshoot, the branches. Mm. I could trim them back almost back to the trunk if that's what it takes to get. Yeah, exactly. Because you'd be amazed. Yeah. If, if there's life inside that stem right up to the top, it, just that trimming back will force little buds to grow. It'll and force them any out of fertilizer, dormancy. like normally I don't fertilize at all no. when I bring it in. No. Should I, when I do no. this, should I give no. it any food? No. No, fertilizer's not going to make a difference. It's a, <laughs> it's a physiological thing you're doing here. For sure, we use fertilizer on our plants, but only when they're actively growing. And right now, this plant is not actively growing. It's, it's very much inactive in its growth. So you do not want, it, it, you run the risk of actually causing damage to, when you fertilize a plant that is not actively growing because you can end up with a salt buildup in the soil. Great. Yeah, I'm glad I haven't done that. So thank yeah. you so much. All right. Good luck. Let us know how that works out. Thanks, Susan, and a very Merry Christmas in advance to you and yours. And thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Charlie, uh, you're close to your kitchen, are you? 
Um, reasonably. Okay. Why would you want? No, I'm going to say you can take a little bit of a break now. Run, fill up your coffee cup. <laughs> okay. Because we have to uh, remind folks a little bit here. Uh, we still appreciate those emails. So if you'd like to send a question to Charlie, by all means, via email, it's c dot dobbin. That's d o b b i n at m z media dot com. And we have a listener on the line. We'll be getting to you uh, along the way here, Diane. Don't go away. Uh, but I do want to deal with an email, which we'll do very shortly. Uh, a reminder that our phone lines are open. We've got a couple of lines free right now. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Back to an email with Charlie in just a couple of moments here in The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we have a number of folks waiting on the line, but just before we get to them, let's uh, deal with a an email from Aldima. Uh, Aldina says, my calencho has an insect problem that I don't recognize. I was wondering if by these pictures that she sent you, you can identify them. I've been treating it with insecticidal soap. I don't want to lose it because it's very beautiful. I had it outside in the summer. Your replies, oh, always appreciated Aldina. So what do you have to say to that, Charlie? Well, it's a bit hard to tell in the photographs exactly what's going on. You remember what Calancho looks like, Frank. You gave me one years ago, right. which is a beautiful plant. It did flower all summer um, with virtually no care at all. <laughs> so it's a great plant to ignore. And I just wonder if maybe Aldina is taking too, too much care of it. The leaves she sent me pictures of almost look like they, they might have been overwatered. So be careful of that. You want to let this plant dry almost to a desert in between waterings. You know, wait till the soil feels very dry on the surface. You, you still want a little bit of sponginess in that soil, but, but not, uh, if it feels at all damp, do not water. So I'm wondering if what we're seeing in these pictures are fungus gnats. Remember we talked last week about fungus gnats and the problem with this little insect that lives in the soil uh, and flies around and, of course, eats uh, just any any fungus that's growing in the soil. And, of course, when we water a lot, we end up with more fungus. The more fungus we have, the more fungus gnats we have. And the little white specks I'm seeing on the leaves almost look like they could be um, fungus gnat poop, also known as frass. So uh, it's a bit hard to say. I didn't, she didn't, Aldina didn't give me a, a lot of information. She just said that she's been using insecticidal soap. It never hurts to use soap, but don't use it over and over and over and never use it when the sun is on the plant. So we put the soap on. We thoroughly, thoroughly soak the, the plant in an effort to thoroughly coat any insects, but we leave it for about 20 minutes and then rinse it off with clean water and put the plant back where it should be. Um, soap is actually really hard on plants if you use it too often or you leave it on too long um, So and never in the sun. So, um, yeah, if you want to try and see if you can get some better pictures or let me know, is it possible with little, like little fruit flies flying around? All righty. Hope that helps out, uh, Aldina. Meantime, on the line from a spot just outside London, Ontario, Dorchester, there's Diane. Good morning, Diane. 
Good morning. Good morning, and Merry Christmas to the two of you. <laughs> Thank um, you. My, my, our daughter surprised us last evening. She came over, knocked on the door, and by the time I got there, she was distanced. And she said, I have a gift here on the porch for you. I've, I've, I've heard of them before, Charlie, but I have never, ever been the recipient of one. It's a pink amaryllis. Oh. And um, I, I don't really have a, a good window. It'll be on the south there, and we've got our Christmas tree there more or less in half of it right now. But I've put a little table there to try to help it out. And it says to keep it moist. But And then it says in the summer that you could put it out in the garden. But mm-hmm. uh, is this a plant that lives more than one year? Because I said to her, like, I really don't have good windows, and she's given me so many plants that I... I think I've got three plants now she's given me that she can't look after because of her cats. Uh, so um, I'm getting kind of uh, 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 too many plants. But this <laughs> one here, this one here, she had a kind heart. She said, you and Dad, when you're in there and you're stressing out, every day this is going to be something new that you can look forward to. You know, exactly. the new rose oh, so- and the flower and everything. That's why yeah. she thought this was an appropriate time to give it to us. Yeah, no, she's right. And it's a, it's an easy plant to grow and it's a really, it gives, it gives you back a lot more than you'll ever have to give it. So that's the nice thing about amaryllis. Is it blooming now or is it just the bulb? No, it's the bulb and there's a huge stalk on it and uh, then all these, this greenness around it, it hasn't even begun to open up yet. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So your south window is the right spot. So keep it in that south window on the table. Make sure that it's not got uh, any um, hot air duct or vent blowing hot air on it okay if, uh, because it doesn't want that kind of drying out uh if you if it is near a vent like a floor vent that are often at our windows use a, a vent deflector just to blow the hot air in a different direction you will have to turn this plant the physically turn the pot 180 degrees probably twice a day once oh. in the morning and once in the afternoon because it, it takes about an hour for it to start uh, leaning towards the window and growing towards the window. And then, of course, it gets all unbalanced. They they are can be top-heavy plants. When the flower comes out and they're blooming, they can be top-heavy. And, of course, you want the stem as straight as possible. So you have to turn the plant to make it grow as straight, you know, uh, um, provide that light from both sides, and it will grow as straight as possible. Okay, and should we stake it up if it gets a little too heavy? You can, but it, it looks pretty ugly to do that, but you can okay. if you have to. And, of course, if you are going to stake it, do not stick the stake into the bulb. It's got to no. just go up beside okay. the bulb. The, um, yeah, so, I mean, you can if, if you need to, but just, tr- just try to remember, turn it <clears throat> once or twice a day. And don't be careful about the, keeping it moist all the time. Feel the surface of the soil. When you water, water thoroughly so that the water goes right through the pot and out the drainage holes. So depending on the size of the pot, it might be, you know, half a cup, three quarters of a cup, even a whole cup of room temperature water. And then let it go for a couple of days. You're not going to water it again until the surface of the soil feels quite dry. Uh, and again, just feel that every day. And it won't take long. If it's got a big flower, uh, big, the big flower stalk is there, it should be open and blooming and and perky as anything within by Christmas actually it should be just perfect for Christmas and oh, wonderful. Um, okay and then well then what, would, what do we do with it after it blooms and uh, it, and like uh, I was gonna say so just enjoy the flowers and and carry on with the south window watering as necessary eventually the flowers will be finished and you'll just nip snip those off with some scissors leave that green flower stalk 
green leaves will grow and it'll be a big kind of a floppy big leaves will grow and again you're always just going to remember to turn it every couple of days water as necessary as soon as we're frost free so as soon as it's april or may or whenever the we aren't getting frost anymore outside put it start it in a shady spot just leave it in the pot just let it spend the entire summer outside uh eventually you know give it some sunny areas or or half day sun is fine or full sun if you want and it'll just grow as a green kind of a floppy plant all summer and then it's easy super simple at the end of the summer before we get frost you stop watering it as soon as it's nice and dry uh into the basement or someplace where you can ignore it for six or seven weeks and before you know it it'll start to grow again right there in your basement you pull it out of the basement and stick it in the window and start all over again Oh, okay. She told me that as soon as it finished blooming, then that's all you do with it. So I'm glad I talked to you, the expert. Well, it will die. If you you never water it after it's blooming, I mean, it's just compost after that. If you don't want to deal with it as an ongoing plant. But I have found them. uh, It took me a while to to figure out the trick for getting them to re-bloom. But I've been quite successful. I've got some I've had for four or five years now, and they just, every Christmas, they're blooming. I did like your daughter. I took one over to a friend and said, here, you can have this while it's blooming and then give it back to me after it blooms, and I'll I'll look after it for the summer. (laughs) Oh, well, that's that's lovely. Okay, thank you so very much. Otherwise, I'm sure, you know, we would have uh, lost the uh, benefit of uh, having it around for next year. Exactly, yeah. So good luck with that and enjoy it for sure for this All right, thank you. And once again, thank you from the bottom of our heart. I'm sure all the listeners feel the same. We feel like we're part of your uh, your family. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Okay, bye, Diane. Uh, we bumped into our next break here, Charlie. So, again, go fill up that coffee cup if you can. Uh, we have an old friend waiting online to say hi to you, John in Mississauga. But we have a couple of uh, very special messages from our sponsors, and we can't avoid them, for heaven's sakes. So, we'll be back in just a moment here, The Garden Show on Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. On rather cloudy day, both here in Toronto and, of course, where Charlie is uh, situated, Prince Edward County. Uh, let's bring a little sunshine to the show. Here comes John <laughs> from Mississauga. Good morning, John. Good. Uh, you made me laugh, Frank. <laughs> Good morning and uh, happy Christmas to both of you and to your families and to all our listeners. You bet. Thank you. And a happy new year. Um, Charlie, first of all, and Frank, I would like to thank you for a year of great uh, answers and uh, and questions and information. And uh, again, we couldn't do without you what what we do in our garden. (laughs) Thank you very much for now and hope... Will still next year will be better than this one. Mm. And my question is this, Charlie. I mm-hmm. I've been you know doing gardening as an old I don't know. Um, by the way, I'm gonna be 18 in, in a month's time. So anyhow, regardless of that, uh, my garlic, Charlie, is around six inches high this year already. Uh, yeah. Is there an, mm. is there uh, is, is it okay with that or? Yeah, don't worry about it. This that happens when we get those warm blips in the fall, right? So you mm. planted it as you should in the fall, and the soil was nice and warm. And as 
normal. The garlic started to grow roots, which is what you want. Mm. But then it got, it was almost, you know, felt like spring. I mean, some of my spring flowering plants were starting to, buds were starting to swell. I mean, you know, we'll see that sometimes where rhododendrons will start blooming in the fall because mm. we, we have a cold snap and then we get a warm snap and the plant thinks it's spring. And of course it's not. So that's what you're, what's going on with your garlic. They just, they thought it was spring. Now they know it's not because it's too cold. Sometimes I, I suggest to people, they put a little mulch up around the garlic if you can, if you've got any loose, probably your soil is frozen now. But if you've got anything- Charlie, I sort of interrupt you. Uh, what I did uh, this time, maybe on half of it, I put mm-hmm. leaves and then I put like, an, uh, like a, a net on it. Okay, that works. Yep. Yeah, because right. all you're doing uh, is insulating. You're mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yesterday I was out and, you know, I looked around, you know, I like to get some fresh air. And I noticed even, to be honest, even on the roses, there's a little bit bud. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and I trimmed them down, right? Okay. Yeah, so it's right. Been, anyway, I hope it stays like this. I don't like the snow. <laughs> oh. anyway, no, but the uh, garden uh, loves the uh, snow. Thank you very much. Be safe, both of you guys. Thank right? you, John. Keep those yeah. ghosts coming, buddy. Okay. <laughs> thank you, John. All right. Uh, we Wait, have... Uh, hey, Frankie. Yes. What, so what John was saying, that he did uh, leaves and netting up around the garlic just to do a bit of protection. And then in the meantime, he says he hates snow. Snow would do the exact same thing as what the leaves and the netting have done, right? Uh-huh. It's that idea of air. So there's air trapped between the snowflakes and there's air trapped between the leaves. And it's just a matter of getting a little bit of that air insulation, if you will, around those plants. And the poor garlic's confused, but it's so tough. It'll be fine. Good stuff. Okay. Sonia on the line from Beamsville this morning. Good morning, Sonia. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Um, I'm asking about a cactus. I have a, um, it's very I've, I've probably had it for about 20 years, and when it starts um, coming out of the stalk, it's like three-sided, almost like a triangle, and then it will eventually flatten out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is really dry and brown, and then there'll be this new piece of greenery coming. And I just wondered, um, should I, like, I mean, it, it, it looks totally ugly because it's all (laughs) dried and brown but i wondered is there a way that i could um root some of the green Mm -hmm. parts Mm -hmm. there is yeah so what you're seeing that older barky looking um part of the the cactus is very normal right that's just like a tree trunk right so that's what's going on it's brown and uh looks like you said ugly but don't say that too loud in front of the plant it's um (laughs) It's it's actually p- completely the way it should be. It's it's a just an indication of old mature growth, uh-huh. and then of course, as you point out, the new growth will be that green, perky, softer growth. So depending, yes, you can you can take a cutting from a cactus and you can root it. Um, it's kind of ca- counterintuitive how you do it. And I guess it kind of depends how this particular cactus grows. Sometimes it's very obvious where you would sever a piece off of the mother plant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's real, like a real, almost like a waistline. So you've got like a little bulge of a new growth and you can just sever. Because you always want to minimize the wounding when you sever uh, a piece off a plant. Right. So the, the smaller the wound, the better. And then once you've taken that piece of cactus off, you just sit it on a piece of newspaper or a piece of paper on a window ledge somewhere and then just let it sit there for about 
10 days, two weeks, and that um, where you have cut it away from the mother plant will dry, start to dry down. It'll get all a bit wrinkled and, and dried up. And that's what you want. You want that, um, you don't ever take that, um, as a moist cutting and then put it the way sometimes we put plants in water or we put them directly into a moist, uh, soil. Oh. If you do that with a cactus, it will rot. So you've got to do it. You've got to dry down the root, uh, the, the wound on the root on the piece you've taken, and then what you'll do is get some moist soil. You'll sit that dry end down just just onto the soil, barely under the soil. And if it's not going to stand up all by itself, you'll use some toothpicks or or um, you know something to just stabilize it. Get in a nice sunny windowsill and and. Don't water it or anything. Just make sure it's a bit of a moist soil and leave that cut piece of cactus there. Turn it in the window every week and it will, over a period of time, it'll be a bit slow, particularly if you did it now. Could take a couple of months for real roots to grow, but it will root. It will, the roots will grow and they'll grow down into the soil. It'll be fine. Just be very careful. Only, and if, you know, if that, if you are going to water, it's very little tiny bits of water at a time just to keep that soil slightly moist. Should I, should I do that now or should I wait till spring? Spring is usually best when the days are a little longer. I mean, you could do like February is when I would do it. Okay, then I, I will wait and do that then because I have enough greenery, uh, you know, that uh, that I can mm-hmm. wait it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you so much, worth Charlie, it. and yeah. uh, Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. to both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay, Sonia, you bet. All the very hey, best Frank. to you and yours listening in. So yeah. just yeah, to give you an update to Frankie, I, uh, I got my tree decorated last night. Oh, my did Christmas you? Tree. Ah, yeah. did Elliot It'll- help? Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) We have to take another break here, Charlie. So let's do that and come back and say hi to Jenny calling in from St. Catharines. And maybe we'll be able to have a a chance to read a few emails as well. Here on The Garden Show, you're listening to Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we're uh, next up uh, on the line is Jenny from St. Catharines. Hey, Jenny, good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Um, talking about amaryllis, when mine quit blooming last year or in the spring, and finally, I took it outside and stuck it in the ground because it was green. Mm-hmm. And it was moving and new grandsons and blah, blah, blah. I forgot my, da- oops, I forgot my amaryllis outside. <laughs> now, they've got snow on them. They're planted in. And, well, like the other gentleman said, I got tulips and crocuses and daffodils coming up. But uh, there's greenery. Um, can I dig that baby out and bring it in? And I don't think it's frozen. But, well, if it's not, uh, you know what? It's worth the try. I mean, amaryllis are originally evolved uh, and originally from South Africa. So they they can handle some chilliness. Uh, but if it's been a deep frost, it would probably just be mush. No, I think the ground still actually, I can go out there and poke it with my finger. It's yeah. in, in um on a deck, and there's hedges all the way around, so it's got oh. some protection there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, worth um, a try. Just yep. what do I do? Just dig them out and leave them dry with the uh, dirt on the 
Well, you'll need to get them into some pots. Um, so dig them out. <clears throat> Actually, what, it, taking them outside, I sometimes I'll just bury them pot and all in the garden in the spring and let them, then they're easy to pull out in the fall. Yeah. But you'll need to put them into pots with potting soil, not like what I would do is try and kind of as much as possible shake off um, or brush off the, the top soil that might be attached and uh, get them into potting soil in pots. Water once, cut up all the brown or yellow or whatever uh, dead leaves are on it, dead uh, roots, well, any of that. I was waiting for them to do was to die back, and I thought, okay, once we get a touch of cold, they'll yeah. die back. I'll bring them up and put them in the house, right? Uh-huh. And it just never happened. Right. No, I know. You, you, they won't naturally die back other than, like, being killed in the winter. It's the lack of water that forces them to go dormant. So oh, that hasn't when, helped this fall. Yeah, exactly. Rain, rain, rain. Exactly. So that that's what you why if you dug them out even in September, October, they would have been green as they are now. But you still you just need to kind of put them away in pots somewhere where you're not seeing them, so you have no impulse to water them, and the green leaves will turn yellow. <clears throat> Leave them six to seven weeks, and then just pull them out into the sun, sunny spot inside the house. Some water once, and they should start to grow. Okay. Thanks so much. You guys have a yeah. Happy holidays. Thank you very Thanks, much, Jenny. You too. Take care of those folks in uh, the Garden City, St. Catharines. Right? Yeah, interesting, Frank. So many people having, I hadn't really thought about this, all this stuff growing. Yeah. You know, like Jenny just said, she's got tulips and daffodils showing up in her garden right now because it's been so mild. Such a mild fall. Let me deal with an email here we, uh, you've had from uh, Anne Kavanaugh. The subject is Russian sage. It says, hi, Charlie. My question, my Russian sage is done blooming. <laughs> when I cut it back, how far do I cut? Like, down to the soil level or what? <clears throat> no, I wouldn't go that far. Um, Russian sage is a common name for Porovskia. Lovely, um, blue, blooming, um, very, very fragrant. If they call it Russian sage because it mm. smells like sage, but it's not sage. Uh, so kind of a silvery, ferny leaf with blue flowers late in the summer. I would not cut it right down to the ground. What I would do is leave it all winter. The best time to prune is in the spring and the, when things are starting to wake up. You have two options. You can hard prune it to just above ground level, so not right down to soil level, but just above. Make sure you leave some, some stems sticking up with buds on the stems, and it will grow, start to sprout once spring is really here. Or prune it down till you start to see new growth. So again, spring, things are starting to wake up. Little buds are starting to show up on our plants. So you will, if the top will typically always be dead on the Porovskia or the Russian sage, same thing. So you might be pruning it down to halfway, three quarters of the way down, depending on what kind of winter we have. But make sure it's got a pleasing form when you're done. When you, when you've trimmed off all the, the dead stuff, stand back and maybe take off a little more just to give it kind of a round shape so that when it grows, it'll look nice and not all scraggly. There you go, Ann Kavanaugh. I hope that helps. Uh, we've got a few minutes uh, left in the show, very, very short. So I just want to remind folks, uh, we uh, certainly would appreciate a seem, uh, an email or two. So uh, if you have a question, you want to send it via email, here is Charlie's address, c.dobbin, that's D O. 
B-B-I-N at mzmedia.com. And uh, let's see. Oh, golly, look at that. We do have about a minute remaining. Uh, just, well, a, just a quick note, a question, actually. Uh-huh. I know that you, you, uh, your place there in Prince Edward County, you celebrate Chrismica. Uh, yesterday yeah. was the last day of Hanukkah. Any special goings on there? Uh, it's actually the day before, oh. and yes, Elliot did make some delicious latkes. So we had our menorah with all the candles in it and latkes for dinner, which is fried potatoes, right? Um, so yeah, we did, we finished Hanukkah on a, on a high note of yummy food, sour cream and all that. And then yesterday I got the, the Christmas tree decorated. So we're in pretty good shape for <laughs> celebrating the, uh, more more holidays and more good eating. Yeah, and this is our last show before Christmas. So, Charlie, right. uh, may I wish you and Elliot and everybody in the family there all the very best and a very Merry Christmas. Thank you to your family as well, Frank. Uh, um, I know you've got grandbabies that are probably pretty excited with Christmas coming. Yep. So. Uh, you've been out shopping, I'm sure, being the Santa Claus that you are. Yeah, well, uh, uh, I'm providing folding money, actually. <laughs> ah, there you go. Shopping in your pocket? That's okay. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, but you know what's the, one of the nice things about this time of year as well is that uh, start two days from now, we will have the shortest day of the year, and then we're, right. we start getting longer days. Oh, so, good. Yeah, so spring is, I mean, obviously Christmas is fun and Hanukkah and all that, but the days are gonna, are getting longer very soon. So something to look forward to for sure. Indeed. And spring will be here. So thank you, Frank. Thanks for all your, your help. And thank you, Carlos. Thanks to our great callers and emailers. Keep them coming. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.